Hello, hello. This is Jordan, your host. And I'm Insha, the co-host. And today I'm super pumped because we're joined by two wonderful guests, Sophia and Crystal. And they both are two teen activists from an organization called H-Mind, which is basically a youth-led mental health organization uh, that takes a different toll on mental health and kind of works about um, changing the mindset involving mental health and you know, through various ways like advocacy and activism and just empowering the youth, you know. And both of them use she and her pronouns. So you guys want to go ahead and like introduce yourself, you can, you know, definitely go for it. Yeah, for sure. So hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Jordan and Insha, for having us here. My name is Crystal Wadado, and I use she, her pronouns like what Insha just said. And I am currently the writing director of Each Mind, and I also do a lot of social media stuff, which is why I get to hang out with the awesome Sophia Isabella a lot. Um, aside from Each Mind, though, I do a lot of mental health activism work within journalism and also within my school's mental health club, and I'm really big on just general political advocacy and public speaking as well. Specifically with mental health though, I'm really pumped about this session, This sorry, this podcast because, not this session, this podcast because <laughs> I am a really big advocate for approaching mental health in a really intersectional and inclusive way. I think it's so beautiful that mental health is literally connected to every part of our lives and I find that it's so important that we connect it to more part of our lives and more part of our like political decisions that we make in our world. So yeah, I'm really glad to be here. I'm so excited to connect all of that and all of my passion to how we can talk about mental health stigma and teens and all the great stuff that each mind does. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hi everyone. Uh, thank you all for having me. I don't know how I'm going to follow up Crystal. It's always kind of hard. Believe me, I've had to follow her up in debates. That's kind of difficult, <laughs> but um like we said, my name is Sophia Isabella. I am currently a um, more of a social media person for Each Mind. Um, I help with Instagram Reels, TikToks, that sort of thing. I've done a few takeovers, which are really fun. Um, but in my personal life, I advocate for mental health awareness and for just general mental health advocacy because I myself have struggled with mental health and illnesses for quite a long time now. And it really still astonishes me just how many people have preconceived notions and stigmas towards anyone struggling with mental health, not even necessarily an illness, but just people struggling with their mental health. And I don't know, ever since like seventh grade, it's always just kind of been a, a burning passion, if you will, to want to help those people and to break down the stigma that other people still have against it. So that's my, my biggest goal. I do that through blogs. Uh, I have a few things on my Instagram, just like Instagram reels, and I do like those really lengthy, long posts on Instagram pictures. So your average little blogger, but you know, about <laughs> something that's, that's really important to everyone and all ages of, you know, really everyone. Everyone deals with it at some point, whether they admit it or not, so. That's awesome. Those are such Thank great you. intros. You guys are so inspiring, like, you know, I could never. <laughs> <laughs> After that amazing introduction of the two guests here, we will be discussing a little bit more about their organization and a little bit more of their roles and why each mind is super amazing in general. And then we'll be talking about the intersectionality within mental health and why that is so very important 
And lastly, we'll be talking about the sacrifices of prioritizing mental health because nobody really talks about that a lot. It's more about the pro of prioritizing your mental health. So we're going to dive a little bit into that. And I'm super excited. And this is Forever Blooming. Awesome. So I do want to say that um, disclaimer, all of our research used in this episode is just United States statistics. So keep that in mind. It may be different with your location. And as I just said, we're going to be talking a little bit about each mind. So the first question I want to pose to you guys, what is each mind all about and what role do you both play in making everything work? Yeah, so I can answer this first. Um, each mind is like what Incho said, a youth started mental health organization. We started around this time last year, so we've been around for almost a year now that if you're listening to this podcast around the summer of like 2021, and we've mainly been using our magazine, like our quarterly magazine, and also our blog posts and our social media to really just advocate for more mental health um, awareness, you know, defeating mental health stigma and just generally having more conversations about mental health. I find that like just talking about mental health is really important and we're now trying to focus on like more recently we're trying to focus on like how we talk about mental health and changing the way we talk about mental health to be more inclusive and to be more um to be more like acceptive and just overall be yeah more like progressive with our mental health uh commentary and our mental health discussions so yeah that's like mainly what we do with our magazine and our blog and our um social media posts but we just really love um teen mental health and want to do everything to really connect with teens and find like more intersectional approaches to that so yeah as a writing director i mainly um organize our group of writers for the magazine articles which are longer articles and also the blog articles which are shorter shorter posts and Um, Yeah, I'll let Sophia kind of talk about what we do with social media. Yeah, so obviously because we are youth-led, we're we're very well-versed in social media and virtual platforms. Like the quarterly magazine is all online, you know, it's not like the Vogue issue you get in the mail, it's a little bit more personal, it's in your inbox waiting for you, it's on the newsletter or online. Um, And on social media, we do a lot of infographics. So like, really informational posts about different mental health disorders, um, different parts of both the psychological and the scientific sides of mental health. And we also have a series of comic strips that are really intersectional. It's just all about mental health, sexuality, um, just kind of accepting yourself and accepting others for who they are and for the struggles that they've been going through and for accepting yourself for everything that you're going through. Um, Each Mind is really just kind of an an all-inclusive I think self-explanatory organization almost because it's really just saying that each mind matters and each mind is represented and cared for and that's really what we strive to do on social media is just make everyone feel like they are loved and that you know they deserve the mental health care that that they need and can i just say i love i love 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 their comic strips especially the pride month i i know that was a little gay because but i mean (laughs) i just wanted to really say that their pride month series was really good but other than that just their comic strips comic strips as a whole are amazing yeah i checked out your comic strips like on uh, you know you guys' instagram as well and they were so pretty and like so informative 
it was like honestly i had never seen an organization do comic strips before so it was kind of new for me because my teachers give me a huge assignments to make comic strips and i never have interest in those but like seeing you guys <laughs> it just like you know kind of makes me really happy and i think your like description was probably just like amazing because of course you guys this is organization i've checked it out uh, i feel like it's so important for an organization for like an organization to be like yours because it's talking about mental health it's promoting activism advocacy it's kind of just bringing everyone together to sort of not stigmatize a particular community or a particular idea but kind of look at it from a different way from a different perception so that you know you can make the best out of mental health as well you know sort of just like that and i feel like your organization's motto is just impeccable and yeah so uh talking more about your organization and you guys have done a lot of projects we could see that um so what has been your favorite project that each mine has ever conducted and are there any events that you're looking to you know host uh, in the future Yeah, um I've been on the each mind team only for I would say uh, almost 2 months now. I'm a little newbie, oh, wow. but um my favorite so far has been the first Instagram takeover because we're trying to do Instagram takeovers so that everyone can get to know our team because we have a really awesome team of people working on each mind. Um I conducted the first one which was really fun. I woke up at 6 a.m., started posting at like 7 a.m. <laughs> It was really great. And then I posted until 9 at night. and i just kind of took you through a, a day in my life a lot of things that were going on that day that surrounded each mind and then my also personal life so i thought that was really fun because i've always wanted to be a youtuber and that was kind of like my dream lived out oh, um, wow. on a better platform too because i have a really short attention span so i don't know how people can edit <laughs> long videos for such long amounts of time um, it was a bit of the best of both worlds and the future projects that we are really hoping and really excited if we get to do them would be kinds of interviews for blogs podcasts with a lot of different representatives and advocates um from the mental health community those they sound really really amazing and we're we're just hoping we can make them happen for everyone yeah i do want to yeah. say i really relate to that youtuber part because you know i always wanted to be a youtuber i would just like pick up my camera and talk to myself for the rest of the day so <laughs> i mean we can all relate to the youtuber part we all wanted to become a youtuber once in our lives Right. <laughs> oh gosh, Maybe this is such a surprise. Yeah, I said this is such a random side note, but I do YouTube slash did YouTube. I like kind of I'm taking a break right now, but it's so much fun, and I really believe that Sophia and Inja, both of you, would be fantastic YouTubers and podcasters. So absolutely, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I absolutely love Sophia's answer because. This girl literally went on our Instagram and then suddenly we have like 10 new followers. Like she Sophia is so good at her job and I'm really glad that she really enjoyed doing that takeover and I'm really glad to hear that she's also into YouTube because I need to text her about that later. But um with each mind <laughs> with each mind I absolutely loved our LGBTQ+ community issue. 
not just because I'm bi and like you know got to be a little represented in there and got to write in there, but also <laughs> because it was such an amazing thing we did in such a short amount of time. Like I remember I was in the middle of like studying for AP European History, my AP test in general, while like organizing everyone to like. Uh, me and have like a tracker and everything just got done so efficiently while everyone was like under so much stress and of course like I don't mean to you know kind of self-report myself or like pressuring everyone because I didn't need to like everyone kind of just used each mind as kind of like a like a de-stressing time to like write to draw and it was so cool we had around um we didn't have a lot of articles we usually have like 12 or 16 ish articles per magazine but this one was a mini issue so we only had around six or seven i think and they were all written by queer writers on our team and the art was they, they the artists got to like talk with the writers and like be friends and that's something that's something that we wanted to work on a lot in our organization to have people like really working together more so to see all of that happening along with my friend my art the art director ella was so magical so stressful but so magical mainly magical and mainly very um just so fabulous and i'm so proud of the team for that and along with that mini issue came with all of the comics that we were re like just talking about because they all are featured on the um on the mini mini issue but they're all like you know one by one posted on our social media so yeah i absolutely love that project so much and i am really um, I'm so glad too that I got to write a very cool article about um, queer liberation, like true queer liberation. And I talked to like this BIPOC therapist, and then she, you know, like talked about so much cool stuff with intersectionality there. But yeah, it was a really great article, and probably one of like the top few articles. My favorite top. What am I saying? One of my favorite articles that I've written <laughs> over the last year. Um, but in terms of like the future, there's so much cool stuff coming in the future. Absolutely love what Sophia said in terms of like the interviews. Also so excited for this new project that we're working that we're currently working on. One of our writers had this really cool idea to interview people within our team about their growth during um, during the pandemic. And Sophia, you and I are we're getting interviewed for this, right? I had mine. It was so fun. Yeah, like we're both getting interviewed for this and we're both getting our art drawn because we have an amazing art team, as you've most likely seen if you've seen it on our social media. So I'm very excited for that to be released sometime mid-August-ish. We don't like to we don't like to rush people. We like people to, you know, do their jobs with good quality. So yeah, sorry for the long rant. Very passionate about everything we're doing. Very excited for what's to come. That sounds so awesome. great and it's like you guys have really exciting projects coming up and um, again I do want to kind of you know talk more about what you just said relating to you know the applied section of your um, organization. I I did do some stalking, I did go on your organization, <laughs> uh, I did go on your website again and again, I checked it out, it was really amazing, the articles were written so well, they were so, um, I feel like again intersectional and so open-minded and just like not generalizing an idea but kind of just you know taking on different perspectives and this is I think so important for an organization to be like yours because it talks about it, it's like you just said that it's really chill everything's kind of going efficiently without you know pressurizing people too much and I feel like it's not that it's not just that that if we're participating in an organization if we're taking the role leadership role that we only kind of 
take it on because you want to fill a college application you know you want to put it in there it's it's so important to have fun with it you know chill and kind of just take interest in it not just use it as a mean to kind of you know make your college resume or your just application look um, you know impressive and this is really great what you talked about um and, and we hope that the projects coming up are working on you know just fine and really excited to see what you guys have for mm-hmm. sure i could definitely say i'm 100% excited like i am i am literally like your number one fan, fan now so <laughs> <laughs> well, to hear um, that. With, especially the social <laughs> media <laughs> section the reels that sophia makes chef's kiss man <laughs> i love her reels they're so like interactive and so fun and i i love that you know she talks about she combines her experiences with mental health um as such with others so that people can get a more uh, people can get idea about others situations as well it's not just about you know telling um people to do stuff uh we can share our stories as well because that will give people an idea of what's it like living with those problems that we're probably going to discuss more um as we move forward with the episode so yeah for sure like uh sophia's instagram reels are so cute <laughs> thank you those are my my little babies <laughs> and i i could we could see that you worked so hard on them because those reels just turned out amazing and yeah both. i will literally color code the fonts that's my dedication level <laughs> i will color code each little section of of font so much amazing <laughs> so dedicated um i do want to ask what um advice would you give someone looking to take up a leadership role such as yourselves mm-hmm. i'd say i'd say be like be aware of like the space you oc- occupy i really want like i think it's going back to what incha said i um to, like to be very genuinely honest i if i were to like do things for college applications i would just do one thing and i'd just be really really good at one thing however i am a selfish person and i <laughs> love doing too many things and i think that's sometimes like sometimes my downfall where i like branch out into many different directions and end up stressing oh my myself uh yeah for sure right so it's like i think if you are and i think that's something that crossed didn't cross my mind when i was applying to be the director of writing for each mind that i would occupy a space where i would have to do so many like leadership things and just kind of like anticipate more to come and never think that oh i'm just going to like you know do like these two i'm i never only thought um i i i at first actually i thought i was only going to be doing like um a few things with writing and then editing a few pieces and just like really small stuff but i think like after i was aware of like the space like the huge canvas of things that i could be doing with each mind like this whole canvas just a blank canvas with me to um come up with more blog articles come up with different types of blog articles start a new project here a new project here connect these two departments together right like just being aware of how much space you occupy is so so important to i think any sort of like leadership position and being aware of like why you're occupying that space which is connected to what i was talking about with college right like i don't do each mind because and this sound this will sound very cocky but i don't do each <laughs> mind for college i know that 
like I know that colleges will see how cool each mine is, and if they see if they realize how cool it is, they're gonna let me in, and that's cool, I guess. But if they don't, too bad. Like that's I don't I don't I'm not doing each mind. I'm not like working on each mind for colleges to see. I'm working on each mind for people out there who enjoy our art, who enjoy our like articles. I'm not gonna be like you know pleasing a, like a stu another stupid institution, right? That's just taking away a lot of my、mm -hmm. money. So yeah, being aware of like why I'm there, why I'm here in each mind, and why I'm occupying this space and how I'm occupying it—very, very important things that I would tell my、uh, self like from a year ago, and that I would tell any like incoming leader. So yeah, but I think Sophia, if you have any like, I know Sophia doesn't have like.、Um, I know Sophia is a little a little bit more new to each mind, but Sophia also I guess like. There are a lot of that. A lot of those same skills will apply to like things that we both do, which is debate and being a debate captain and stuff like that. But if you want to add anything, go for it. Yeah, I love how you encompass that. So many people, I feel, they pick up projects or they pick up leadership opportunities just for, you know, the image of it. Whether it's to get into college or to have something to put on their resume or to have something to post about or look cool or talk about. I I've never understood that that mindset because I'm a person who will get burnt out if I don't like something. I get、mm -hmm. kind of that that attitude from both of my parents. If I don't like doing something, I will end up not doing it. And then you've just you've burned a bridge, or you've made someone upset, or you've even let yourself down. I don't. You you shouldn't do something just because you think it'll look good somewhere or to someone. You really need to have passion projects with a purpose. It's like if it's something that you love, then continue doing it. And then that's your purpose. You love doing it; it makes you happy. If you want to do something else or find something else that can add to that, go for it by all means. But don't think about doing something or sign up for something or agree to something just because you think it'll look good to someone else. You don't know what anyone else will think about whatever you're doing.、Totally. So the best thing that you can do is enjoy it for yourself. And oh my gosh, I've just had so many conversations with like students. And different friends and peers just being like, "Oh, I'm doing this club, and I have this many volunteer hours. I'm going to apply to this college, and I'm getting in for sure." It's、mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't know how college admissions work, but I know that a college admissions counselor is not dumb. They're not going to say, "Oh, wow, this person had 200 hours of sorting books at some random library," <laughs> but they didn't say anything about what they learned from it or how it benefited them, like that. You need to have some kind of purpose with what you're doing. It, it, it's not all just mindless work. I mean, people can recognize、um, inauthenticity really easily, and it's very, very off-putting. So, really, you just need to find your purpose. And again, with what Crystal said, know your purpose, know what space you're occupying, and how much space that is. Because once you realize all of those different little aspects, it'll just make what you're doing so much more beneficial to you, and you won't care anymore about how it looks to other people. Yeah. I want to say that I've seen people do so like literally random things. So one once they're like working in a, you know in a mental health organization. Next they're going about going in a tech organization. Next they're going in an art organization. So it's sort of like literally really random the organizations they choose, the people they choose to work with, the competitions they enroll themselves in. It's literally random because they're trying to get as many certificates as they can. So by the time they're done with high school, they have literally a stack of certificates that doesn't、mm -hmm. um, that isn't coherent, that isn't complementing each other, and it's just like random with no purpose. 
and that's why passion project is called a passion project because it's your passion it's your desire and it's your want you want to do that and you're passionate about it that's why you're doing it you're not just doing it to look cool or present yourself as a person who's so called woke so i feel like that's really important because that you know that you're not just doing it to um show it off to others but you actually passionate about it and one more thing i want to elaborate on is the leadership part that you guys talked about if, uh, again is really important what you said be aware and also one thing is take the initiative so if you're passionate about something you just don't go around sit and wait for people other people to come and approach you so that you can you know go and collaborate with them or you can uh, reach out to them on your own take the initiative if you're passionate about something do it just don't wait uh, and just don't beat around the bush waiting for you know uh, like our organizations the podcast and your organization it's all about taking the initiative because you're not depending on somebody somebody else to kind of convey your voice you're doing it on your own and if you have a voice you have a voice use it you have platforms you have the resources and use them wisely use them uh how you like if you're passionate about something just go ahead and do it just don't wait and you know wait for somebody else to help you that i think is super important for sure yeah going more on the advocacy part you know where you're speaking up and taking the charge and just you know talking about the issue that you're passionate about um i would ask the question that why do you think that teen activism is important and you know what kind of significance does it have on the mind of youth what do you like to like i think activism in any stance is important especially in today's world you have so many platforms and resources to not only learn about things but then to also take a stance on things so i think just in that sense because of how easy it is it's you know it's kind of incentivizing to just kind of learn a little bit more about what you can do to to um to advocate for things that you're passionate about whatever stance you take on it you can still do it but especially for teens i feel like There's always been this sort of notion that oh well teens aren't really, you know, they don't they don't formulate ideas. They just regurgitate ideas that they hear in mm-hmm. school or on or on TV or from their parents. But at the same time then they tell us that you guys are the next generation and the youth is everything. I I don't understand and I've never been very happy with that complete contradiction of ideas. Right. Um truthfully I think it's just teens possess a lot of power that they don't necessarily know what to do with. Um so to kind of curtail that a lot of adults will just tell them like oh you're not really ready for much you know just don't really formulate your stands on too much they'll change they'll shift um but definitely keep doing everything that you need to do so you can get a job and be perfect in everything that you do from here on out um i think you need to kind of combine those ideas a little bit and realize that at whatever age you may be you have power and you have any kind of resource and any platform necessary just take hold of that and use it to your benefit to benefit the causes you care about it's so easy nowadays to not be apathetic towards so many things i mean there are resources mm-hmm. literally a click away um so i think teen activism in any sense but especially when it comes to mental health is so prevalent it's just so important when it comes to activism for young people it's so like It's literally the foundation of everything that you're going to do afterwards. You need to be able to come up with what stance am I going to take on X issue? Mm-hmm. How is that going to either evolve with who I talk to next? How am I going to uphold that with who I talk to next? I mean, 
We need to learn how to take our own stances on things, to stand alone, and to figure out how to debate them with other people, how to have intellectual conversations with other people, and just really how to be able to take a strong look at ourselves and be able to say, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to preach to other people to believe. And it doesn't matter you know, what stance you take, just make sure that you can uphold that with whoever you're talking to. And I think teens have just been always kind of discouraged from doing that, but I mean, in this day and age, I'm just, I'm all about taking away that stigma and for sure just kind of trampling it. We deserve to have our voices heard and we deserve to know the space that we occupy a lot of what Crystal was saying. We deserve to understand that and we deserve to fully take advantage of that. Yeah, undermining teens definitely is not it because, you know, the the, the usual comments that we get is, it's a phase, it'll go away. The kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, perception that you have right now, it's not going to be the same in 20 years. So don't just form strong opinions about anything. And I feel like that is so um, terrible because we as young people, if we're not allowed to have our own ideas and thoughts and perceptions, then I don't think we're going to grow up to be, um, be like intellectual adults with a strong mindset. I'm not saying strong form opinions about anything and, you know, be biased and just be orthodoxal, but I'm saying have opinions about what you're passionate about and what you think would make an impact on the world and not just be discouraged by the society saying that, you know, you're too young to kind of figure out this kind of stuff. And I feel like that is um, definitely not the way to go. And yeah, uh, what you said about... um, that is basically what you talked about and I feel like it's really important. Um, you also mentioned the idea of activism related to mental health and that is sort of my follow-up question I wanted to ask. How do teen, how does teen mental health activists, you know, they, how do they play a specific role in the importance of activism that is sort of related to mental health? How would you kind of view it, the mental health aspect of activism? Yeah, I think mental health has been something that's been stigmatized since the first case of it was found. I mean, most people don't know what to blame it on, and human instinct is to blame anything on everything. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to especially teens activate, not activating, when it comes to teens, (laughs) you know, using their platforms to advocate for it and activating their activism, I guess. um, It's very important because, again, it's having the courage to really not be afraid to, to stand up for what you believe in or to form strong ideas about what you believe in, you know? And mental health is just such a delicate topic for so many people that I think they're afraid to break the barrier and just start talking about it openly. Mm-hmm. So when teens are doing it, it just opens it up to so many young people because when you look at like little kids, they tend to idolize older kids and they tend to idolize the, you know, the, the, the teenagers in the room. So when teens and young people have the courage to speak out about it, I feel like it just, it really, it brings the playing field down to so many other people and it makes it so much more accessible. And it's, it just, it breaks down so many of the barriers that I feel have been put up after so many, honestly, centuries of, of stigmatizing it and antagonizing people with mental illnesses. So I see teens as a really, really great, gateway to talking about mental health so, so openly and, and a bit more freely, I guess. Yeah, I would like to yeah share an example as well. So basically, when you are speaking, that's literally why activism is important 
for teens as well so they can inspire the gen- uh, the younger people uh, younger than us generation to kind of not form a stigma ar- ar- around mental health or just basically anything uh, and i kind of have a younger sister so i could relate to that because when i take up these opportunities when i talk openly about mental health my house um or basically just anything i remember having a conversation with her she asked me why is harry stands wearing a dress and she sort of sort of found it weird that he you know wore a dress because she's of course young and she sort of had that you know she isn't really old enough to kind of process that sort of way so i had a conversation with her about this and you know talked her through everything and i think that is why activism is important so that you could kind of educate people as well people who are younger than you people who don't have adequate knowledge to sort of make a change and now she loves high styles and dress so i mean that is progress uh, so yeah definitely i agree Absolutely. with you know activism mm-hmm. and mental health is so important Yeah, and just adding something really quickly to what Sophia was saying. I think it's like so important that like we have to understand how much trauma we've been through as a generation. I think sometimes we don't acknowledge that as often. And something else that we need to acknowledge is that we want to like just with like just like with mental health activism, we want to center the experiences of people who've actually like been through trauma, right? Like lived experiences. So why don't we apply the same thing when we are talking about like mental health activism in like teens, right? We want to an activism in teens. We want to consult like each other. We want to like check in with each other on how we're doing because we're all going through so much. Like I I I emphasize this because we seriously don't understand how we're go- we've gone through like almost at least in the United States like almost like an insurrection. We've had like a global pandemic that has been like handled really badly to the point where none of us have been in schools where we've been separated from our friends and even some people from like their family due to situations. And speaking of family, like so many families, um especially like low-income families are struggling have and have been struggling and because that like um economic situation and financial situation affects the mental health of teens, there are increased increased problems with like anxiety and depression and so many different things. In in the past like 3 years and in the past 2 years sorry and on top of all of that our world is on fire like climate change is such an important thing that is on the back of so many young people's minds and there's just so much chaos and so much going on there's just so so much going on and that is literally traumatizing to many and and we don't even know how traumatizing the pandemic is going to be for this generation and i think it's so important that we talk to each other about these things and that's why mental health activists are so important like they're and teen mental health activists are so important because they're talking about our shared lived experience through this moment right here where we're experiencing something that no other generations have faced before and that is like the failures of like our systems around us in different in the pandemic and you know the failures that come with that and how that failure of the systems around us like affect our mental health yeah i totally understand that and i quickly want to add a thing i also uh, you know teens uh, as you just basically talked about they are always undermined they are always sort of as people who are not capable or not 
I feel like intelligent enough to kind of have an opinion and you know make a change take the opportunity so teens often feel undervalued and being able to have a voice contributes to a community of change because we're like uh, in a situation where we're again vulnerable and we're like um we think about something but we can't talk about it because again we are undermined by the society uh, or we're basically facing issues uh, in school we're um facing issues in our daily life and having a voice and just basically talking about it can definitely make it make an impact and diverse opinions come into play during community decision and making and changing basically the society's ideas and uh, activism kind of gives a lot of um diversity in opinions and you know and you have you kind of uh open yourself to a world where you're not just uh you don't just know your opinion but i think you always know both sides of the situa- situation sorry if that makes sense um so yeah basically activism is definitely really important in teens with every idea mental health be it mental health be it feminism be it you know any basically anything having intersectionality is super important in any field of activism <laughs> Love the discussion we have going on here. Um I think we've definitely touched a really important aspects of teen mental health or teen activism in general. Um I do want to say quickly uh <laughs> sort of reverting to each mine and what you guys are all about. Why is Minority Mental Health Month important to each mind? Yeah, so I can answer this one. So Basically, like I said before, we want to take an inclusive and intersectional approach to talking about teen mental health. And when we are like making this decision, we need to realize how mental health has been approached in the past, especially when it comes to um when it comes to like people of color. People of color have been like dehumanized in the past, and with that dehumanization comes the assumption that we as people of color um and if you're not listening if you're not watching this video live i am asian um we as and that's why i say we so which is clarifying we as people of color have been dehumanized and our mental health is also highly dehumanized to the point where especially like just you know throwing out a very common example with like asian communities a lot of people think that we are just built like strong to handle all of this academic pressure when in reality we're just human and just like all of us right and i think there's a lot of these underlying assumptions that are um made due to white supremacy that we need to challenge not just as one organization but as a broader mental health movement i think that's something that really came to mind when i was you know like discussing intersectionality and how i re- i really want to you know push that forward within our organization with the rest of the amazing editorial board and it's also really cool because our whole editorial board pretty much is made out of people of color so women of color too awesome. get that diversity in but also um diversity 
yeah, diversity, not just in skin color, but also in ideas, right? And those ideas have to be helpful for people of color. And that's why we want to share like those ideas and share those experiences as well. So something that we did for Minority Mental Health Month, which is ending in a few hours. Wait, actually, no, I don't know my dates. Minority Mental Health Month, <laughs> which is ending in a day, um, is for the month of July, we had a minority mental health survey where we had... Um, another amazing person of our social media team, Carla, uh, work on creating a survey and giving out that survey to around, I think there have been over like 50 people who filled it out, which is quite a lot of people considering like each mind's audience and having just a lot of like young um, teens of color, like just fill out the survey talking about all their different like experiences with how racism has affected their mental health, not just like, you know, like um, direct encounters of racism but also just like systemic racism how like systemic racism has affected the way that they've um received like health care or how systemic racism has affected their living situations right or like their like environmental racism and all of those other things so we were able to collect those responses and as of right now we are still in the process of publishing them and they're gonna look super cool it's and the whole layout is going to be designed by a um and like a i think yeah like a filipino artist from our team so another amazing woman of color who's designing that survey and we're just so excited for it to come out and really just like be you know vulnerable and honest about these discussions and yeah cheers to intersectionality You guys are doing a great <laughs> job with promoting every single, you know, opinion, people from every single background. It's really great that you guys are doing that because not a lot of organizations do that and I think it's really important. Um, absolutely. I do want to add to that that I did fill out the survey as well. It low-key got me emotional, but it's okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. I'll do that. I'll make sure I do that as well because, like, I'm South Asian. Oh, I think so, it closed. Yeah. I'll definitely be up for it. Well, I do want to, of course, promote you guys a little bit more. Um, So, basically, if you guys want to look in the description, we do have a link to all of each mine's sort of locations where you can find them. If you are interested about the organization, you better be interested after hearing them talk in this episode. (laughs) You better. Because this is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> like you better um, we do have their link uh, it's eachmind.card.co the card is two R's make sure to add that but of course if you just want to click on the link you can do that and if you guys want to talk a little bit about your actual social media names you can go ahead and do that as well please check out Sophia's <laughs> yeah, do check, check out. She goes on Instagram. really, really fun political rants. No, I only post. <laughs> my personal account is just me posting about my outfits, but on my stories, <laughs> me being very angry about politics. But Sophia actually mm-hmm. does like charitable, like good work on her Instagram account. So you go ahead and promote that for Sophia. <laughs> it's most. It's a lot of story posts. I don't have the energy to take good pictures. <laughs> yeah, I see your stories. It's like polls about mental health and, you know, importance of mental health is so amazing. And I feel like it, it's so important Thank that you. when someone asks us how you're doing today, it literally makes my day. And yeah, thank you so much for posting on your stories. It really makes my day. It makes me so happy when you do that. <laughs> so oh, That makes my day. Thank you. <laughs> 
Now uh, we're progressing towards the second segment, which basically talks about intersectionality within mental health. So we were basically discussing about it. So we'll go into more detail. And before we start, I would like to um, basically define intersectionality. I mean, again, it isn't sort of limited to a particular definite definition, but it does kind of give a particular idea of how it works, so that you know we know that this is what idea we're kind of discussing having a discussion on so basically intersectionality is acknowledging that every individual or group of people have their own experience with forms of discriminations and disadvantages people are categorized in a way to try to understand such issue and why certain individuals are experiencing them so basically this talks about a lot of um, so some examples can be races and uh, different races people from different backgrounds colors creeds and their social status their religion the sexual orientation their gender identity and etc so this is what intersectionality kind of explores and i think it's a really important concept not just in mental health but as a whole as such because it just gives a diversity of of, of opinions a diversity of experiences and that kind of is really important to recognize and i do want to say that we have a follow up episode in the future with crystal that talks about minority mental health and um, again it explores uh, intersectionality because minority sort of have their own experiences with mental health and you know their ways to deal with it so we do have a follow up episode so make sure when it's out to check that out that we will have a good conversation i i say I, i'll tell you that <laughs> but um so going a bit more into intersectionality so uh, why is intersectionality actually important to mental health so do you want to kind of go on about it mhm mhm so like i said before i truly believe that mental health is connected to so many parts of our lives right like i remember first giving this presentation about men- like the first presentation i ever gave about mental health for like a like a non school thing like a bigger conference thing i kind of talked i had like a little image and it kind of showed how mental health is connected to so so many things connected to our criminal justice system and how we like sort of dehumanize people who are behind bars and how that also kind of is like very connected to racism it's also connected to our healthcare system and how especially in the United States our healthcare system really fails people who live with a mental illness right and how we need to have better and more inclusive healthcare practices that are again are more humanizing towards people who live with a mental illness and also people of color who live with a mental illness and low income people who might may not be able to afford um like treatment for their mental illness right so it's very intertwined in our healthcare system and that's like everything going on in the world but it's also so intertwined with like ourselves how we um kind of find ourselves how we deal with all of the struggles and all of the grief and trauma that life throws at us and all of the obstacles that life throws at us i think that connection between how we deal with our own mental health and how um the mental health is also so embedded into like politics is something that doesn't really get talked a lot about it's mainly and I'm, although i'm very glad that it's mainly um mental health is mainly talked about in like the personal sense and i think that's just as equally important that's what i think right i think that's just as equally important as everything else going on in like 
the I guess、um, in politics and in our systems around us. But I truly do believe that to some extent it is very important that we also focus on. Criticizing and critiquing our systems, so that our systems can better help us. So that our systems aren't locking up thousands of people that have a mental illness each day, or e- sorry, each、uh, week or each month, every single year, and practicing like terrible practices that harm people with like a mental illness, and making sure that like our systems aren't、um, directly like prohibiting low-income people and people of color from receiving mental health treatment. I think that if we can, you know.、Um, Somehow, and we can like we can direct our activism towards both ways. We can and are perfectly capable of directing our activism towards helping ourselves and helping our like own local communities and making sure that we as individuals like each other that we're doing okay while making sure that our systems are taking care of ourselves. So that's how I feel like in,、um, that's how I see mental health as being like incredibly intersectional and. I think like something else that's like oh like just another thing that I love about how intersectional it is is that there's always some place to help out right and I think that's obviously a thing with like every single social justice issue whether if it's like environmental、um, environmental issues or with healthcare or with the criminal justice anything there's always things to help out but especially with mental health there's so many different things that you can. Just care about and be so passionate about, and see how they've been kind of like misconstrued in the past, and immediately like understand and empathize, and be like, I want to help out with this, and I want to do something, and I think that's it, that's like a that's a unique thing with like mental health, and I really like that. Yeah, your answer is so touching, and I absolutely agree that you know people mental health is such an important part of everyone's life. Everyone kind of faces challenges with the, I mean, daily lives or basically just any issues that involves their mental health.、Uh, everyone kind of goes through it in some point in their life as well, and their backgrounds, their status, kind of affects the way that they look at it. So, so they might not,、uh, you know.、Um, Give it as much significance, as much importance as it requires, because they think they might not get enough help with、uh, what they're going through, or they might be again marginalized. So I feel like that is really important that you know we look at mental health not from just like one perspective, but as a whole from different communities and backgrounds. And acknowledging intersectionality allows us to find the roots of the problems that people might go through from different. Backgrounds as such, and help them、uh, or improve、um, improve the condition that they are in, you know, particular right now. So I feel like that is really important, and not just mental health, but again, as such, we talked about before, as a concept on its own, it's really important. For sure.、Um, I do want to add on this by asking another question related to mental health and intersectionality. Does the stigma around mental health affect intersectionality? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think in, there's so many examples of this happening, right? Where you can see exactly where in the、um, in the queer community there was so much stigma around being, especially like in the '90s. I think there was so much stigma around being gay or just being queer in general, and there was also and continues to be a lot of stigma around having like a mental illness. And there's so much overlap of how. The two sort of like combined into this huge stigma, where there's like a, there was and still is a huge stereotype of gay and just gay people and also queer people in general 
being categorized as a mental illness for their identity. I think there's so much overlap in that, and I think it's like fascinating to like realize that and realize that's still happening now. Like, although it's wonderful, I mean that um, gay, you know, marriage is legalized in the United States. The same attitude of us putting on like the stigma that's surrounding mental health onto like people um, who are queer is the same, and people who are gay that we did in the past. It's the same process happening now with trans people, right? We, and not just we, sorry, actually not we, we are inclusive. Other people um, make it out to be that like trans people are quote unquote like have a like have a mental illness or being trans is a mental illness when that's not like, that's not a thing. That's medically proven not to be a thing. And I think that's like, it's just a huge testament to how like, especially with queer um, identity is so intertwined with mental health and how people view those identities is so intertwined with how we just view people who are different. who How we view people who aren't heterosexual or how we view non-cis people, how we view people who just don't live with a mental illness or anything or a mental health condition at all. Um, and I think like it's also also so connected with like just lack of acceptance in general. So, yes, very very um, very connected to stigma around mental health and with intersectionality. For sure, I definitely agree one hundred percent. I I was gonna ask, does this stigma affect one community more than another? But you just said the LGBTQ community does affect. Um, is affected more about that uh with that but do you want to add on to that i don't know i think like um different i i tend to not like to say like one community has like it worse than the other not because i not just not because i don't like believe in that i think that like can get me in a lot of trouble in a lot of different situations i think like um but i think it's more important to focus on like our in general like our fight against white supremacy if anything and I think anything mm-hmm. that divides that is just generally unproductive. Well, uh, mental health is basically viewed upon as, you know, again, the basic stigma and not just like uh, the intersectional communities, but the stigma is that it's not important, shouldn't be treated, uh, treated as if it were important. So I think it's somewhat, if, I mean, it somehow affects intersectionality as well because uh because it kind of adds up first of all uh, if people are uh, are part of the minorities they again would think that they are not as valued as people who are in majority and uh, plus the mental health stigma that oh that mental health shouldn't be con- considered important it kind of adds up to them already feeling low but then the stigma about mental health kind of also suppresses them not going out and seeking help and I feel like that is, I mean, it doesn't entirely depend on the stigma and uh, intersectionality, but it kind of adds up to uh, people not even um, talking about it, just not being themselves or expressing themselves entirely because of the stigma as well as their background. I totally get that. And I love that, oh, well, I, bo- I love both of your points, but I also love that um, Crystal mentioned that uh, we shouldn't sort of have this sort of competition between who is stigmatized more than the other. Um, I definitely think that can definitely create more of a uh, division between these separate groups. And we we are not striving for that here. We love equality and equity and uh, everything like that. Um, I do want to say, especially as a black person, 
there is a lot of stigma around mental health within the um, own community, uh, not necessarily from outside. Well, I can say there is a lot of stigma against black people who have mental health conditions, but within the community, there is a lot of stigma against mental health, which I hate that we have to deal with, but hey, I am black and I had depression, anxiety, and just by my existence, I am fighting this sort of stigma within my community. <laughs> so I love that. Um, I do want to say, um, within, uh, along with intersectionality, there becomes a lot of uh, race-based trauma, which is basically a result of any emotional pain a person has due to racism, which I do want to say affects our mental health, obviously. So having that sort of, like Incha mentioned actually, having that sort of problem as well as the stigma with mental health causes a lot of a lot more difficulties so yeah yeah kudos to you girl because you're like doing amazing with all that stuff and um i like saw somewhere in a documentary uh, um it was about you know black people and their mental health journey it was about them collaborating mm -hmm. on a project i don't really remember its name but they basically talked about how uh, in their community, uh, I'm not part of the black community, so I don't really know much. But for their, from their experiences, they were like, um, because they are kind of uh, in minority in America, so they that kind of becomes a factor of them going out and seeking help. But then there's family load, workload that adds up, plus the mental health stigma that makes them totally suppressed and doesn't let the so like basically it's really important to express mental health as a topic as on its own if you're feeling something feel it don't just keep it inside right so um, that stigma kind of comes in a way of them actually feeling what they're feeling so they're kind of confused about uh, how they're feeling because they're keeping it inside they don't want it to come out because there's a stigma it will kind of affect right. their true expression I guess um, but Kudos to you, Jordan. You're doing a great job. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> as we move forward, intersectionality, as we, you know, we've discussed, is really important. But why exactly is intersectionality so important just in, like, mental health as such? Why is it so important in the community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it should be more talked about because there's... I think intersectionality within the mental health community needs to be t more talked about because there's too many distractions. I think there's too many distractions away from intersectionality. There's a lot of, and I think this, <laughs> because I know your second question or the question after this, I'm just going to, you know, combine them and answer them both at <laughs> once. I think a lot of like the mental health kind of like activism that we see is very not inclusive. And I think it's very, um, not not really what we need, you know, like, I think a lot of, like, what we need, we need more of mental health activism directed towards, like, the systems around us, and I think that there are a lot of distractions that make us believe that, like, mental health is only about, kind of, um, only about, like, individualistic gain for your own mental health, and as much as I, like, have said before, I think that that's very important, that we should to many extents like care for our individual selves and individuality is so important and can be recognized but individuality can be um, recognized more and more efficiently when we have systems that are actually protecting us so I think that like 
yeah so i think there are a lot of like distractions especially with like um a lot of like corporations selling mental health as like kind of a talking point mm-hmm. is like really weird to me one day like straight up just don't care about um like people of color that are in prison that are um mm-hmm. you know in engaged in f- those corporations are engaged in using prison labor or which you know is very in prison as an industrial complex is very detrimental to people's mental health or they don't care about trans people and how trans people are um more likely to die by suicide due to like policies that are um supported by these corporations right like they don't care about they don't care about honestly they don't care about the mental health of non-cis white people right and because they don't care about that i think and they they like fuel this and they were like oh yeah like love mental health take care of yourself with no sort of like back meaning into it besides that blank statement i think that makes it even more important for us to say like reject that notion reject the notion of like completely reject like the whole um virtue signal that we see from these corporations and that we see in um like different i guess like advertisements and stuff like that right so that's why i think that we should you know go the opposite direction and talk about intersectionality and talk about these topics that people and corporations don't want to hear about so yeah and the more we talk about intersectionality too the more that people and like you know what we're doing right now the more people understand it and the more people like are educated about it and they can spread the word to even more people so yeah damn I, I kind of feel like a villain like I'm just like spread the knowledge <laughs> to everyone but yeah I, I really believe in that though I really believe that there is a like a fine line between like completely um blank like corporate individualistic um expressions for mental health and very community-based and community-oriented like fights for mental health justice yeah mental health surely isn't confined to one particular community and their experiences because i mean again it doesn't apply to the entire um because there are so many people with different there's again so much diversity in the world that people have um and their experiences and where they come from their families they play a lot uh, they play a really different role they play a really important role basically in how they have an experience with mental health and again intersectionality is extremely important in mental health but there's again a lack of recognition of minor- minorities experiencing mental health issues um because first of all again they're minorities they're suppressed but then what happens is that uh minorities basically they are suppressed and then mental health issues again as i previously mentioned it adds up to them getting more suppressed with the mental health issues they have and I do want to add a quick uh, I do want to add like a quick statistic so 13% of the american population is african american and 16% of them were diagnosed with a mental illness and to do the quick like big numbers that would be about 7 million african american people that suffering with a diagnosable mental health issue and this is actually a really big number because um again 7 million is a lot and their mental health is as important as any other communities and uh, they would entirely have a different experience with mental health because they come from a different sort of background and their families as such kind of um i mean every family has a different perspective about mental health and i and that again i think why intersectionality is so important because people have different experiences people have different thoughts about mental health as such 
and uh, so is the Asian community and I feel like as Asian community I'm me being part of that I'm South Asian um, we as such uh, I feel like in my country I feel uh, mental health is so stigmatized and um, and people kind of view it as again not important and we have different experiences with mental health as well but people 82% of AAIP report suicidal thoughts and 40% of them have done uh, have done suicidal attempts and about 39% of them have had sensory processing disorders so this is really important but really concerning as well because the idea about mental health is just sort of um, you know uh, so intersectional it's really important and I feel like that is why intersectionality is important so yeah that's kind of it and that being said we do want to recognize that minorities do experience mental health issues just like everyone else and unfortunately corporations and society in general do not recognize that i know that even like in nurse textbooks i believe that they think that people of color don't experience mental health issues and like focus mo mainly on white people but you know anyway that's another problem for another day if you do want to hear us talk about uh more about intersectionality please tune into our future episode about minority mental health which I'm super excited to discuss about because I've been dying to rant about this. <laughs> um, we were going to talk a little bit about the sacrifices of prioritizing mental health, which Sophia was going to talk a lot more about, but I do want to say we are running out of time, so we might just have another separate episode with her too. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work. So um, with that being said, again, thank you guys for coming and we do have a few closing remarks um our website is bloompod.wixsite.com podcast if you want to learn more about us in our extra session extra section can never say that right you can find the research and transcript for this episode as well as a podcast guest form if you want to be on the episode and you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook all at forever bloom pod plus tiktok at forever blooming podcast and our new email address is management at foreverbloompod.org and be sure to check out our link tree and each mine's description or card thingy yep <laughs> with all of their links um, and make sure to like comment and subscribe and share with your friends if you enjoyed this episode and have a great day afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this thanks for tuning in